Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. It is 1 1. 1. January 11th. <laughs> Avi the Awesome here, and I'm going to go a little off script this morning. Well, not that I ever go on script, but you know what I mean. So, because today's 1 1 1. 1 1 1. Yes. I am going to share a little, a little uh, Bobby beliefs with you, I guess. I didn't even ever hear of angel numbers until, I don't know, four or five years ago. My uncle's girlfriend had, she had some sort of a text. She was working on getting to her retirement and she was using angel numbers as a guide to when she should retire. I can't really explain it because I can't really remember it because I wasn't that involved in it, but I remember that being my first introduction to angel numbers. And I remember, you know, always hearing, oh, it's 1111 or 111 make a wish, like when the clock turned those numbers, but I never really got deeper into it. Now, I'm still not an expert, mind you, but I definitely am more aligned with people who believe in things like angel numbers. So I thought that I would share what what the internet says (laughs) 111 means in the terms of angel numbers. So it says the number 111 is a very powerful angel number and signifies manifesting and manifestation of thoughts into reality. I know I could use that. This number is a combination of energy and attributes of the angels, number one and the master number 11. The one signifies independence, motivation, uniqueness, new beginnings, leadership, progress, moving forward, inspiration, and achieving success. I think we can use this uh, new beginnings, right, (laughs) this year for sure. The number 11 signifies understanding your soul mission and purpose on earth. A combination, as a combination of these energies, the angel number 111 signifies spiritual awakening and enlightenment, inspiration, high energy, intuition, and sensitivity. The number 111 111, I don't know how I'm supposed to say it actually, 111, 111, (laughs) carries the vibration of leadership, creativity, and independence, as well as optimism and tolerance of others. Its essence is also joy, inspiration, interactions with others, communication, and self-sufficiency. People who resonate with this number are usually leaders, not followers. I mean, I probably should have shared that on the Recovering Entrepreneur Show more so than here, And who knows, maybe I'll record a show to speak to that. But I just thought it would be fun to look at that. I'm still learning. I went to a holistic kind of, uh, I don't know, it was like a weekend of selling to, you know, they had like, they sold CBD oil and had fortune tellers and different things like like that at this event. And, uh, I had a, it was the first time I ever had this reading that had to do with twin flames. And there's this whole world of belief out there. And again, we talk about the higher power and all of that. And and just having faith, faith came up a lot in last week's readings. So maybe it's not even faith in, 
God, if that's a struggle word for you, like it was for me many years, maybe it's, it's understanding symbolism in, in numbers or in some of these other avenues. Again, my vocabulary sometimes I feel like is so weak. (laughs) Different explorations of faith and, and looking for symbolism. A lot of the manifestation work that I've been doing talks about symbolism, you know, seeing the same kind of thing. It could be an animal. It could be a number. It could be different things. And it's just it's just another thing to kind of explore and see if it aligns with you. I mean, all of the attributes and the things that it talks about and what it symbolizes, uniqueness, leadership, it's all quality of life stuff. No matter what it is, whether it's numbers or religion or you know that I'm I'm becoming more and more of a fan of Dharma recovery, Buddhism, basic principles. It's all really about being better human beings, being fulfilled humans, being happy. And it's it's whatever works for you. So that's my little introduction to angel numbers in case you're not familiar with them. But but Google them. See what, I don't know, see what your birthday means. See what your license plate means. I think my license plate is 2525. So I always found that interesting that it was, you know, back-to-back numbers like that. That's not a common license plate when you think about the statistics of having two numbers in a row repeat themselves like that on a license plate out of all the license plates and all the number combinations why is mine 2525 so just food for thought and again it's it's what you want to believe in I just recommend that having faith and spirituality on some level whatever works for you is a great tool and aid in recovery and in life So here we go. Here's 111's daily reading, January 11th. Thomas Howard says, the quality of a relationship is in direct ratio to the quality of the selves entering into that relationship. People who can be happy and whole when alone are best prepared for being with others. Oh, I'm going to like this one too, I think. If we need relationships in order to feel worthwhile and complete and special, that's the same as drinking or gambling or drugging to feel worthwhile. Helping ourselves naturally feel good can be hard work. It's easier to create false feelings of self-esteem by attaching ourselves to a substance or another person. But once we've created our own feelings of worth, we can sit back and enjoy intimate relationships without fear of being discovered, abandoned, or lost in the relationship. These fears can cripple us in our recovery and destroy the very thing we're trying to achieve, satisfying intimate relationships. If we were giving a fine old piece of silver, we would first polish away the tarnish. In recovery, we are polishing ourselves by caring for all parts of ourselves, body, mind, and spirit. Soon we can offer ourselves to another as the fine and valuable people we are. Today, let me enjoy my relationship with myself. Oh, so many things are coming up right now. This is a good reading. You know, I think most of them are good or all of them are good, but... It's just, uh, it's just this one's kind of having some stuff show up for me here. When, as long as I have been around, and and I don't know, I, I can think of this back to my early twenties. This has been my philosophy as far as dating goes. <laughs> 
or being in a relationship. Your partner should compliment you, not complete you. That's just always been my my thinking. I won't tell you that I practiced it perfectly, but there is something about, well, for me it was actually, I went almost the other extreme too far. Instead of letting someone in and being vulnerable, I, I kept that rule to the extreme where it was all about my independence and I would never need the other person, which meant I could never let them completely in and be vulnerable and let them think I needed them. So it was a little different for me being that extreme, but I really believe this and I think that we don't talk about the 13th step and I really should just talk about it one day, but... The 13th step in the program essentially means you're like hitting on people in the program or dating or or involved in relationships from people from the recovery community. Now, this is not a bad thing. I think that long term, we should be with partners that have our values around recovery. Like, I don't think I would pick someone who likes to drink seven days a week and go to the casino as my next future me, it just wouldn't work because that's not what works for me right now. Not that if they want to gamble or drink, it's a bad thing. I mean, if it is what it is, I can't say for other people whether it's a bad thing, but it just wouldn't line up. I would I would not be looking for activities that necessarily focus around a bar or whatever, a bar or casino or there there would just be, it would almost lose like that having something in common as well as values. So that doesn't work. So I think that it's okay to date someone like if you're in recovery, it's okay to be involved with another recovery person. There's this beautiful couple here. I freaking love them. They met in recovery. They've been in recovery for years. Um, the man, I think he has over 20 something years. I'm not exactly sure how much time the woman has. But they did meet in a recovery environment, but they practice their recovery together now and they have this beautiful life. They're, they're just so sweet. They're, they're the kind of people that show up for other people. So if you're healthy and, and can have a healthy relationship, that's fabulous. I'm not saying that. But what's important and in this reading is trying to say is you have to do your own healing and you have to take care of your own shit before you get involved with another person. This is probably the fatal flaw of why my relationship with the guy in rehab didn't work out. And again, I'm not telling you this now as to be a hypocrite like I did it, but I'm telling you, you can't do it. I'm telling you that I learned the hard way (laughs) and all the proof of why you shouldn't do that came to fruition for me. I, I believe, at least in my case, that... The, the the reason why people probably get in relationships in rehab, and this is this is in hindsight, this isn't what I knew at the time, but you go in and you lose your gambling. And for me, I you know, I refer when I'm telling people about my my gambling career that that was my boyfriend. My my gambling was always there. And when I had to give up my boyfriend, my gambling career in rehab, that then created a void, right? A void in my identity, a void in my time, a void in a lot of things. So it was very easy to transition into seeing the guy, 
because then that filled the time in my mind and it was essentially a distraction. Now, at the time, I thought I knew everything because that's just how recovery works. We think we know so much in the beginning and then the longer we recover, the more we realize how much we don't know. But I got submerged in that and, and thought it was a good thing. Now, in my case... I believe wholeheartedly that that relationship happened for a reason and I learned so many things from it. I actually learned how to be a better partner for the next time. I used recovery strategies in my relationship the way I use them in business. Like they just become part of our life and we can live a better life as long as we're acting that way and working on our recovery. But it's it's definitely not something I would recommend fresh out of rehab. I like the whole or treatment, or whatever. I like the whole premise of waiting a year. And I honestly, in hindsight, don't think that a year is long enough. I <laughs> Recovery recovery is just, it's a, it's a process. And I don't know what the time is that people heal or adapt to not having their, their boyfriends, the bet, or, you know, their girlfriends, the drink, whatever it is, whatever that was you have to figure out how to fill that void to 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 be happy and whole yourself. So what do I mean? I mean if it's not if it's not gambling, if it's not drinking, what are you doing to fill your time? What are you doing to make your heart feel complete? It could be connecting with friends, learning new new activities. This is why I focus on self-care so much. You can't care for someone else at the level that's going to be healthy and and good for both of you. If you're not in a good position yourself, because we tend to in relationships like sink into the other person or take care of the other person or or carry the other person's shit. When we're early in recovery, we're too volatile to carry other people's shit. We haven't figured out our own shit yet. So I I don't advocate for relationships in early recovery. Now, if you're already in a relationship going into recovery, I guess I should speak to this, too. I see I see a few things with this. So when you're let's let's use two different examples. I'm going to use people who've only been dating say a couple years and one of the partners goes into recovery. They stop the bed, they start stop the drink, they stop the whatever. Well, if you were using the whole duration of the relationship with someone, in this case, you know, two, three, four years, whatever that is. And you go on this journey and you're trying to learn yourself and you're changing and you're growing to protect yourself from going back to the bat. You're going to evolve. You're not going to be the same person you were when you were gambling. So in a relationship that that's young, and I'm not discounting time, but in a relationship that young, you may grow in a different direction than the partner that was serving you when you were gambling. And I don't mean serving you like, you know, tea and crumpets in bed or anything like that, but but that fit into your life. Now, it could have something to do with maybe they're still gambling, drinking, whatever, or it could just be, uh, it could be spiritual realization. It could be the community form when you're going to groups and them feeling left behind. There could be a variable of reasons of why it becomes more of more of a struggle, Now, contrast that to someone who has been in a relationship for 25 years. Maybe they've been married. Maybe it's the household, the grandkids, all those things. 
those same voids are going to happen when you give up the gamble, the bet. The same evolution is going to happen in recovery. A lot of those same things are going to happen, but how a couple that has been together 25 years handles it may look different than a couple that handles it only three. You have your whole life invested in a person. It may not be so easy to walk away. In those cases, I have two thoughts on this. One is, yeah, absolutely. If you guys can work through it together and be all in on a better life, a happy life, a full life together, and I highly recommend that the partner goes for uh, help, treatment, whatever, whether it's Gammonon or a therapist or whatever it is, there could be ways for it to work. There is going to be changing in growth, though, and it may come to a point where maybe after 25 years, you have to go separate ways. And I would imagine that this is a very hard decision because being with someone, being with the same person for all that time is a comfort thing. And they could be filling, you know, the other voids in your life if you're not taking care of yourself the way the reading says. So you might feel like, oh my God, I can't, I can't leave after 25 years. Even though you're not happy, you're not fulfilled. And it's not anything about the other person. It has to do with yourself then potentially you could be losing another big piece of you, which could be like another a loss, you know. So I could see how it'd be very easy for people to stay and be okay. Not fulfilled, not happy, not ecstatic, not passionate about the relationship they're in, but just okay, status quo, because it's easier. When people break up after a long time, or when people get fired from their jobs, I tend to be like, congratulations, like, woohoo, you have a new opportunity, one that you might not have pushed yourself to, so maybe the situation pushed you into it. So that's how I'd like you to frame that. First of all, take care of yourself, and no matter what the length of your relationship is when you start recovery, but, but really be honest with yourself. Is the recovering version, the healthy version the, the version you want to be aligned with who's in your life. And this isn't just romantic relationships. This is friendships. You can't really escape family. You, you might have to modify your relationships with family to protect yourself. That's another whole topic. But in, in the context of relationships and, and friendships, you may need to make some changes to protect yourself. And if you give yourself those chances... I'm telling you, you're going to be better off in the long run. Because if you're in, let's let's use that 25-year relationship. Maybe on some level, you were never happy in the first place. And maybe that's why you were gambling. Or maybe there's some underlying something. You're just, you know, maybe your your partner doesn't have the values and you feel like you're not aligned with them or that you're trapped, or whatever. And and this isn't even the extreme of abusive relationships. This is just, I, I, I really freaking hate this, that people are just okay, or that they settle. When you get into recovery, and if you're one of my listeners out there that doesn't even have to get into recovery, and you're just practicing some of this self-care with us, and, and, and going on this journey along with us, 
just to have a better life and to be positive and and to be fulfilled and to be whole. If you're along for the journey just for that, that's great too. Go all in. Take care of yourselves. You have the right to feel that way. When, when I was hanging out with one of my friends a lot last year, he was going through a divorce and he was really struggling with it. And we used to talk about sex quite a bit, probably more than we should have, but sex and relationships. And one of the things he used to say is, well, I don't know if I could ever find someone like that I'm that passionate about, or he felt that passion and attract, you know, being attracted to someone was really high in his priority list. Now, I think personally that he still had some digging and healing to do. Again, not my journey, not my rodeo, but as an outsider looking in, this is what I saw. And I thought he had a little bit more work to do. But he started dating someone. And the conversation then became, I'd be like, well, is it this passionate, like crazy love affair that you wanted? Well, it's okay. And I'm like, it's just okay. Like, why are you bothering then? Now, whether it's because he didn't feel he was worth magnificent or maybe he was lonely or maybe it was to heal from the ex, whatever it is, whatever the reasons were, I don't think that he's as fulfilled as he wanted his values to be. And here's the thing. (laughs) We had this conversation very early on when they're dating And I'd ask him, I'm like, well, are you like wicked attracted to her? Well, uh, it's okay. Some days, yeah. Some days, no. You know, like that kind of thinking as an outsider looking in. And again, I'm not in his head. I'm not in their relationship. I don't know. But to me, it looked like he was filling a gap. And I'm like, the more time that goes by, the harder it is to leave. So like cut your losses early and get out of there. If it's not lighting you up, why would you invest time? I don't think that it changes. Where if, you, if you're if you in the traditional honeymoon phase, when everything is supposed to be all cotton candy and rainbows and unicorns, and you're not feeling like you're on top of the world, delusional, high on dopamine and love, and they're the greatest thing in the world. If you're not feeling that in the first month or two, run, guys. Run as fast as you can. It's not going to get better. Just like I believe it shouldn't be that hard. We all talk about relationships being work. And yes, they are. But the basic fundamentals shouldn't be that difficult. And if you're wondering why is this so hard, it's probably not the right relationship for you. Yeah, I could talk about this forever. From the single person, right? All the gurus will tell you, you don't take advice on marriage from a single person. Just like you don't take advice about money from a broke person. So maybe you're a little skeptical, but I've done the whole been married and all that good stuff. I've been in a a not fulfilling relationship to to feeling like I should be with this person forever. I've experienced all ends of the spectrum, as well as I also know about me that, or at least I haven't discovered yet, I know about me that I need different things. So I might need mental stimulation and keep certain people or friends in my life. I might need, uh, you know, going out 
socialization might be another thing. So it might not all be in one person, <laughs> you know, like that's that's very possible, too, which is why I guess people date. Right. So you could shop around and get <laughs> get what fulfills you. The, the bottom line is don't sell yourself short. Don't settle. Don't rush. Do the healing. Take care of yourself. Take care of your mind. Take care of your body. Do the things. And that way, when, when the time comes for you to be in a partner or be in a relationship, you can be the best version of yourself in that relationship. And you can show up for yourself and that other person after you've healed from the loss of the addiction. That's my advice. And that's tied into what the reading says. Uh, but I, I mean, I hope that everybody that wants to be in a relationship is in a relationship, but I want it to be a healthy relationship. Don't be in a relationship just for the sake of it. It just doesn't, what's the point? Like we have one shot to be here. Like let's make the best of it. This makes me nuts when people aren't living their life to the fullest. So that's a, that's a sore spot for me, which again is part of why it's as simple as I hope you're happy. I I do. I hope you're happy inside, outside, upside down, happy. Now there's going to be speed bumps, but overall we can be happy, 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 fulfilled, whole, all of those things. It's important. And every single one of you out there deserves it. Have a great kickoff to the week, beautiful people. I will be back tomorrow with whatever topic that book tells us we need to be chatting about. All right. Take care.